Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So a Premier League defeat at Anfield, but a Carabao Cup victory on penalties at St. James's Park this week for Burnley. But the 99 questions on everybody's lips is where's Corner? You're listening to or watching Turfcast Podcast. Yeah, hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond. And obviously those of you watching on YouTube will already have noticed that I'm on my own again. I am sorry for that. Um, but having said that, I thought I did okay on my own last week and the feedback was pretty good, to be fair. I would rather have someone to bounce off, um, but unfortunately Simon is still unavailable. Um, he did put on one of the streams we did last week. I did a live uh, watch along for the Liverpool game and he did put on there that he uh, that he is injured again. I wasn't going to mention it, but he put it on the stream himself. So that is part of the reason why um, he's been unavailable for a few weeks. Oh, n- not since the season started, actually. Um, but it was good to see him on a Leeds podcast this week on behalf of Turfcast. I think it was uh, the Joe Wayman uh, football show or something. I- I'm not sure. Um, and he's a Leeds fan. Um, so it was good to see him on there. Um, and hopefully you've seen some of the stuff that I've done this week as well. I- I've been on the chat in Leeds um, YouTube channel, LS11 YouTube channel. Um, I was on BBC Radio 5 uh, after the game last week. I don't know if any, any of you heard me. Um, probably not. I don't think that's uh, a target audience for this podcast, to be fair. But they stitched me up a little bit, actually. I've not mentioned this to anybody yet. Um, they got in touch with me, rang me, or messaged me, and said, do you want to come on the show? So I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll come on. I'm, I'm always up for talking about it uh, and things like that and getting my name out there, that sort of vibe. And if I get a chance to plug the podcast, even better. I didn't on this occasion, to be fair. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they rang me up then at the time that they wanted me to be on the show and said, do you still want to come on? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking me. He's like, no worries, mate. Then as soon as we went live on air, he's like, hey, Joe, you've rang up. Well, what do you want to talk about? And I was just like, um, um, I thought you were going to ask me questions. I shit myself. I didn't know what to say. So I just went, uh, yeah, I thought we played well today. He's like, right, we'll talk about the game then. I'm like, you little bastard, making it out like I've rang up. Uh, to be on the show. I'm always happy to do stuff like that, don't get me wrong, but it was a little bit like, wow, what, what do I do here then? What do I say? Sort of thing. I wish I'd, I'd if they'd have said, we're going to pretend you rang us, I'd have been like, yeah, fair enough, that's fine. And I'd have been a bit more enthusiastic at the start, knowing what to say. But then he went, you rang us, what do you want to mention? I'm like, I hadn't thought of that, dickhead. Um, but uh, if you listen to this on, in fact, I don't think I'll get the podcast out in time, to be honest, because I'm recording this now on Friday afternoon at 20 to 4. Um, I am going to be on BBC Radio 5 Live again tonight on the Robbie Savage show. He does a, a 60 seconds gone or something, gone in 60 seconds game show or something on his on his thing. Uh, they've rang me up and asked me to be on that. 
Um, so fingers crossed that one goes a little bit better um, than the immediate sort of like, oh, you've rang us up sort of vibe. Um, but I'm looking forward to that one because you have to go head-to-head with a Leeds fan or something. Um, and they ask you questions like, uh, Bielsa or Daesh, or and obviously it's Daesh, um, or I don't know, Yorkshire tea or Lancashire tea. And to be fair, I'll, I'll be 100% honest, it's it's Yorkshire tea. If they ask me questions like that, I'll, I'll, I'm not one of them who's just going to blindly be loyal and say, no, Lancashire tea, because I'm from Lancashire. No, Yorkshire tea. And if those of you that follow me privately, I'll get into the podcast in a bit, I promise. Those of you that follow my private Instagram, it's not private, my personal Instagram, that's what I meant. You'll notice that this week I was very happy with uh, some Yorkshire tea um, the biscuit brew, the biscuit brew tea bag. It's very, very nice. It tastes like biscuit, like a biscuit brew, like you're dipping your biscuit in a brew. It's fantastic. And then someone got in touch and said, I recommend the jam on toast one. At first I was like, no, no, but I wanted to try it. So I've tried it and it's fantastic. I recommend it to everybody. So if they do ask me tonight, Yorkshire tea or Lancashire tea, I'm going to get that in there. I'm going to give a big plug for Yorkshire tea uh, and say, you need to get on the biscuit brew or um, the jam on toast brew. But yeah, let's get into the actual podcast then, shall we? Because uh, that's what you're all here for. None of you give a shiny shout what tea I drink or what brew I like to drink or whatever. Um, but I would recommend both of them. Um, let's start off with the Liverpool game. Then I'll give you my thoughts. I'll do what I did last week. I felt like it, it worked well for um, a random guy on his own like me. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on the game. Then I'll re-watch it. And then I'll sum it up. Then we'll go on to the Newcastle game. How does that sound? Hopefully it sounds good. Um, yeah, so my memory from the game, I did a watch along uh, on my own again on YouTube. I don't mind doing stuff on my own, but I'm not going to stream it on Facebook when I'm on my own because you tend to get a few more weird comments when you're doing stuff like that on your own on Facebook. Whereas when you're doing it with other people, they just come on and have a, have a laugh at, and, bounce, and you're bouncing off each other. And like, yeah, fair enough. But when you're on your own, you get a few comments. So on YouTube, it's full of people doing it on its own. Goldbridge, the Irish Scouser, um, and a few others probably. Um, so I did it on my own. Um, if you don't already follow us on, on YouTube and you only follow us on like Facebook or, or Twitter, for example, head over there because I'm doing more stuff on YouTube this season. Uh, probably a few watch-alongs on my own um, and things like that. And hopefully a few other live streams. Uh, and I did the 60-second uh, preview, uh, sorry, the 60-second review show the other day, uh, which I'll be doing every single game uh, from now on. So it tended to do all right, to be fair. So I'll do that again. It's just a nice, easy video to do to do very, very quickly. But yeah, my thoughts on the Liverpool game was we started well, very well, in fact. Um, I'll look at the goals again in a minute. I can't, I'll, I'll have to jog my memory of the of the Yotta goal. Um, obviously, they scored it in the first half, though. Um, and I felt at the time, I wouldn't say it was a, a, against the run of play. I'm not going to go that far. But what I will say is I don't really felt like we deserved to go in 1-0 down at half-time. You, you, you couldn't have looked uh, non-neutral or even a, a Liverpool fan could have watched that game and then seen us going 1-0 up and then thought that that would have been unjust because I don't think it would have been. Or, or seen us going at 0-0 and thought, that's a disgrace that we should be beating these. On the balance of play, I think a draw would have been fair um, going in at half-time. Or like I said, us winning 1-0. You couldn't really raise any eyebrows other than the fact that it's a bit of a shock. Um, but I think in the first half, played very, very well, just like we did against Brighton. Um, we were in the game, we were creating chances, you know, we got up the other end, we pressed them well, we did very well. Um, it's just a similar sort of thing to the Brighton game, wasn't it? The second half wasn't as good. And I wouldn't even say the full second half this time, I'd probably just say the, the last half an hour. But um, with the Brighton game, I think we just went to shit when they made the changes. Um, I don't think we responded to their changes tactically or, or even on the pitch. Um, uh, in terms of sort of like players reacting to it uh, and the manager didn't react to it. Whereas with the Liverpool game, I just think that Liverpool, you know, they just turned it on. They just decided, right, you know, we need to put this game to bed here because if Burnley nick a goal, we could be as backs against the wall and end up drawing again like we did a couple of seasons ago or even get beat like obviously we beat them there last season. So um, I just think they turned it on a little bit, if I'm being honest with you. I think that they thought, right, we need to get this game won. We need to, we need to get another goal here. Uh, and that's what they did. Um, and I just think that they were just better than us, to be honest. It weren't a case of us being poor. I am I am a little bit concerned about the fitness. Um, I felt like the fitness dropped off uh, with a few players, with McNeil blowing out of his arse against Brighton. McNeil was much better against uh, Liverpool, though. I will put that out there right now before anyone jumps down my throat. Because um, he's, of course, a golden boy. We all love him. But I did think he was poor against Brighton, especially defensively. 
Very poor defensively. Um, but he did a lot better against Liverpool. And he had Trent on absolute toast again. I don't know how Trent's got all these plaudits from that game. Again, Trent did okay going forward. But he was so bad at the back again. The lad cannot defend. I would much rather have Reese James at fullback for England than Trent. Under Every single day, I'd rather... You know, Trent could do with being pushed into midfield because the lad cannot defend. Every time Dwight had the ball at his feet and ran at him, he had him on absolute toast. Uh, but then... He's come out of the game, Trent, with all these plaudits. Gary Lineker saying, absolute disgrace, he should be in the England squad, blah, blah, blah. And all these play, all these stats saying how well he did. He got dribbled past like five times in one game. That's not an official stat. I'm just guessing it's going to be around that. But yeah, the lad can't defend. Dwight had him on toast. Um, Trent did very well going forward, though, to be fair. I will give Trent that. He is very, very good at going forward. Um, but he needs to learn how to defend if he wants to be you know, a starter for England, I think. Or, or even, I, I think he has the potential... If he's pushed into midfield to 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 you know to to be an England player again and 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 be there quite a while, but you know for, for pretty much the rest of his career and do very well in that slot. But for now, I just think he needs to learn to defend or be pushed into midfield. But I can't really see Southgate doing something like that. But yeah, uh, set my a point I'm going to make about fitness was uh, it's it, always in the second half we just seem to slack off a bit. And the game seems to get away from us in the second half. It's only been two games this season, granted. Um, but that's just not something that you normally associate Burnley with. You normally associate us with, you know, being dash fit. You need to be a certain level of fitness to play for this club. Um, and at the minute, I'm not sure we'd look like we are at that level of fitness. Hopefully now another game under the belt, you know, the Leeds game coming up soon. You know, they'll get that extra um, extra sort of 90 minutes of match fitness in again this weekend and obviously at the Liverpool game now. So an extra one since the Brighton one when they were blowing out of their arse after 50 minutes. Um, but yeah, and, and that worries me against Leeds because Leeds are a very, very fit side and they will press you for 95 minutes. They will not stop. So if we are blowing out of his arse by the 60th minute, I think that game could get away from us, which is pretty much what happened at the turf last season against them. But we'll get into the Leeds game in a bit. I've done a preview with um, Anthony, I think it is, from LS11. Um, you'll hear that in a bit. Um, so that one should be good. That's also available as its own show on YouTube, um, or will be, should I say. Um, so you can, if you just want to watch that and you don't want to hear me discuss the Liverpool game or whatever, you can go ahead to it now. Feel free. Uh, I'll even do what the YouTubers do, and I'll put it up in the corner now. Uh, up there, that's where they put it, don't they? Their YouTubers have put like little things in, in corner where it says "click here for this." I'll even do that. Um, you're probably watching this, and it hasn't happened. If that's happened, then I'm sorry, I forgot. You know, I've got a terrible memory. But let's watch the Liverpool game. Then let's watch it back. Um, yeah, so we played Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, early kickoff, weren't it, on Saturday? Uh, I enjoyed doing the watch along. Um, it was good. Like I said, I thought we started well. Um, I've opened the highlights, though, to them attacking, um, which makes it look like we're under the cost straight away. Oh, and, and it's their goal, to be fair. It's the straight away. They've just gone straight in there with their goal. I'm not really sure if anything much happened, to be fair, before that. I can't really remember. But according to these highlights, no. And you know what? Looking at it, it's... Oh, dear, 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 dear. You know what? I've just been singing the phrases. Watching that goal again, I tell you 100% now what Dash will be saying. Feel free to all go and watch the goal now with me. Um, that'd be good if you if you wanted to watch it with me, if you could, and then you could see what I'm sort of like talking about. But it's it's Kater, Kaita, however you pronounce it. He's got the ball and it don't really look too much danger on because all the players are very, very close to him. However, is it Trent that he passes it out to? No, I don't know who it is. He passes it out to, to somebody. Um, who then crosses the ball in. Now, the problem here is you've got Tarke, you've got Brownell, you've got Lawton, and you've got Goodmanson, all in a little square, all next to each other. One or two of them should be pushing out very, very quickly to put pressure on that ball. They don't. He's even got time to take a touch, gets it out of his feet. Honestly, from the moment he gets that ball, Keita passes him the ball here. He has one, two, three... Four. There's five seconds until he crosses that ball in. Not one of them players move. That is poor. That is the first time I've seen that since the game. That is poor. He should be out there. Any any, any of them three, four, should be out there. Tarky's dropped back. And that's, to be fair, what I want Tarky to do there. Tarky's dropped back to try and cover the space now in behind where the ball is going or could be going. In the end, it just ends up going over Tarky. He's inches away from it, to be fair. Um, but one of them three, I'd say I'd say Goodmanson or Lawton there. Ideally, Goodmanson. Has got, to be, has got to be going out and pushing and pushing that that player so he can't cross the ball in. It's Tsikas, isn't it? That's who it is, the Greek lad. Um, ball in, though. It's, honestly, it's inches away from Tarke. 
inches. If he was inches taller, he'd 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 have headed that, he'd have flicked it on and it had gone out for a corner or or he'd have headed it away. But it's gone to Yotta. Decent header to be fair. Talk is fuming. Talk is fuming. He he is not happy. And I bet you any money, it's about what I've just said about me and Tarka. We're not seeing wavelength, I'm telling you. He is fuming. He's saying, why have you not gone out to pressure that ball? That's just not Burnley, though. Normally, you would expect Burnley to go out there and be on him. Goodmanson, for me, because Lawton's marking somebody. Goodmanson has got to get out there and mark him uh, and put pressure on him, sorry. Not good enough there from Burnley. Um, I thought we did well as well, uh, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to stand by that. I do still think we did very, very well in the first half. You know, we contained Liverpool mainly. Um, and got in behind the cells a few times. Um, another Liverpool highlight here. Um, who's on the ball here? It's come back out now to Trent. Ball in. Oh, this is the ball in from Trent. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Marnie just just blazed it over the ball. Tough one, though, that one for Marnie, to be fair. Good ball from Trent. I'll give him that one there. Uh, he sees the runner Marnie nice and early. Um, and, ooh, yeah, I'm not, not a fan of what Tarky's doing there, to be fair. Martin Tarky's Mark Tarky can see him running past him, and rather than tracking him, all right, he's probably he's probably got the the start on him. But rather than tracking him, he's just got his arm in there, appealing for offside. Nowhere near offside. Nowhere near offside. Um, but that were Liverpool's chances. Now it's showing a Burnley highlight. Uh, oh, it's the um, the Barnsley header. It's a Tarky header. The Tarky header. Ball upfield from Lawton from a Burnley set piece. Uh, defenders just standing, just static. Uh, it was so unlucky that it was so unlucky that Tarky wins the header and he's just so unlucky there. He just just edges wide. Tell you what, if Tarky had been our leading goal scorer, our only goal scorer at this stage of the season with two goals, then that's just, that's saying something else, isn't it? But he's unlucky there. To be fair, it's Tarky. That could have gone anywhere. That could have gone in. Um, and this one here, Liverpool highlight starts off from Burnley giving the ball away in their own half. Liverpool counter attack. It comes to the bastard Harvey Elliott. Who puts a ball in to Salah? Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, and then we get back and defend McNeil with some good defending there and block it. But that were all Burnley's doing again. So that was poor from us. That were all Burnley's doing. Good defending in the end there from McNeil, who managed to block it. Salah's got too much time to bring the ball down, but then McNeil manages to get back and Tarky heads it away. So we did very, very well. And I think this one is the second goal. It is, yeah. So it starts off with Van Dijk at the back. Big long. It's a good goal. I'll give them this. To the bastard of Elliot, to Trent, to Marnie. Very, very good goal. Very, very good goal. We can't really have too many complaints about that one from our point of view. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm just going back to Dash's um, post-match Tell you what, that's one thing I might start doing, putting Dash's post-match comments in it and discussing them as well, so we can look out for that. Um, if I'm going to be on my own more, I think there might be more production value uh, in the podcast. But anyway, I'm just thinking out loud here. I should really carry on with the pod. But yeah, I remember Dash is sort of like talking about um, in the post-match press conference about how we gave a soft goal away in the first half. We've seen why now, because I've sat here and, and I've slowed it down and we've discussed it. I say we've discussed it. I've discussed it at you. Um, but yeah, you can see why that was a very, very poor goal to give away. This one, I'm not really sure what else we could have done. It's a very, very good Liverpool goal. Um, and it doesn't even start with our mistake like it did earlier um, with the earlier chance that they had where I think it was Lawton just punted it across, uh, across, across play and it went, and it went to their, their attackers and they scored another, ch- uh, sorry, Broken had a chance, but that was the Liverpool game. I stand by what I said. I do still think that we did very, very well. If it wasn't for that lapse in concentration uh, and Goodmanson or, or Lawton, I'm still saying Goodmanson had done the job and got out there quicker and, and closed him down, then I think we would have not conceded that and we would have gone in at nil-nil. And who knows, things could have been different. The crowd could have got on their back uh, and put a bit of pressure on them. Maybe not, to be fair, um, because, you know, it's the first time they've been back for a while. But you never know, because fans get edgy. You know, we got edgy in the second half against Brighton uh, when they scored that first goal, uh, didn't we? Uh, well, I know I did anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Liverpool 2, Burnley nil. Not a disgrace. You know, it's good to get that fixture out of the way, I think, to be honest, this early in the season. And we didn't get absolutely smashed like Leeds did at Old Trafford uh, this season. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with that. Right, so let's have a look at the Newcastle game then. Obviously, we played Newcastle on Wednesday night. We uh, went through after a, a bore 0-0 draw. Literally every Burnley and Newcastle fan knew that was going to happen, didn't we? Everybody knew that was going to happen. We knew it was going to be a boring game. I even tweeted um, a clip of uh, the Simpsons football thing where it's just passing it around and uh, Kent Brockman's commentating on it and he's very bored. And I said, Burnley, Newcastle tonight or something like that. Um, and that's exactly what happened. 
I called it, just like I always do uh, when it comes to Burnley. Uh, but thankfully, we got through. Um, and I'm just going to reiterate what I said on Twitter, um, because let's face it, we've got through because of Wayne Ennis. I know it's a collective effort, I know, but um, Ennis saved the penalties, or he saved two of the penalties, um, or one of them, I don't know, but um, we'll get on to that. Um, but he saved the penalties, and he's pulled off a couple of saves in the game as well that's kept us in it. Um, so I just want to go back to some of the stuff that was said on Twitter at the time when he was signing. Um, there was a lot of people that were kicking off that were bringing him in. Why are we bringing him when we've got NSA, uh, when we've got BPF and um, Norris? Uh, and I think I, I even put out a few times saying that he is he is better than these two. He's got more experience. Bailey and Norris, Bailey especially, um, are ones for the future. Uh, it's good to see Bailey doing well on loan. Admittedly, I still think it's a shame he's on loan in League One and not the Championship. Um, but he, he can only play what's put in front of him. Uh, and at this stage, it, it's League One teams and he's doing very, very well. He saved a penalty at the weekend and got another clean sheet as Sheffield United. Sheffield United, I'm very sorry. Uh, any Sheffield Wednesday fans listening, as Sheffield Wednesday beat Rotherham at Rotherham. Um, bit of a local lobby, that one actually, isn't it, to be fair? Um, and, and he's endearing himself very well to the Sheffield Wednesday fans. And I'm buzzing to see that he's doing that because he is still young and he does still need to, you know, get some get some games because sitting on the bench ain't going to do any good for him. Uh, so I'm happy for Bailey. So I do want him to, to do what he's doing. But for us, if Popey is injured, NSA um, is is better, is a better backup than BPF and, 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 and definitely a better backup than Norris. Um, and I think he's, you know, he got a lot of stick when he signed. A lot of people bringing up the, um, the, the Nazi salute that he did. Or, or, or obviously he's denied it, but we all know it was one. Um, but it, it's just one of them. Um, I, I said at the time, like everyone was saying, oh, he's a Nazi. Why are we signing him? He's a Nazi. He's, like, he's not a Nazi, is he? He's, he was a very silly boy when he clearly had a few beers. That doesn't make him a Nazi. So then people turned it on to, well, you know, he's no better than Bailey. He's no better than Bailey. And he's, he's far more experienced. And I think he is a very, very, very solid backup. And some people might even argue, I know a few people have said it on our, our social media pages, but I'm taking it with a pinch of salt because I know Burnley fans can be very reactionary, um, that he could put Port under a bit of pressure for the number one shirt. And a few journalists were saying it as well in, in midweek. I don't I don't actually believe that Port will be number one. But it's good to see that you know we have adequate backup coming in. And I, I am happy that we brought him in. And I think he's, he's already proven himself uh, in this Newcastle game. Um, but obviously, I, I didn't go to the Newcastle game. Shout out to those dedicated fans that did. Um, it's the only day I've had off this week. Um, so I did listen to it on Claret's Player and I did watch the, the penalties on um, Sky Sports News because they, they, they showed them live on Sky Sports News. But it did sound like that Newcastle probably shaded it uh, for the 90 minutes. And it kept us in the game. And we were just typical Burnley, not really creating much, not really doing much, um, which is something that needs to be addressed. Obviously, hopefully a few signings will come in and that will change it. Um, just quickly check my phone to see anything. No. I thought maybe they might have announced something while I've been doing the podcast, but obviously not. Um, but yeah, just going into this game then, um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll watch this one because I didn't get to see the highlights, but that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like Newcastle were the better side, only just for 90 minutes. Um, and then obviously we've won it on penalties. But here we go. Yeah, I've just seen the save that he makes. It's uh, it's Jeff Hendrick. I knew it were Hendrick, but that's just reminding me. Oh, Jeff, I'm so glad we don't have you anymore. Um, but... Yeah, it comes to Jeff Hendrick or anybody who's not seen Who's that that completely airshots it? Jesus Christ. Both teams were dog shit in this game, weren't they? Someone completely air misses it. No idea who it is. Falls to Jeff Hendrick, who's five yards out, six yards out, and he's got to score. He has to score. Ennis does everything he can there. I'm not going to say, oh, well, Ennis has done nothing there because he has. He's clearly he's just watching it again and again. It's a very good save. He's, he's aware, he comes off his post, he gets across his goal and he, he gets across his goal and makes himself big and it hits his legs and goes out for a corner. So, you know, you've got to praise Hennessy there. Hendrick should be scoring. Hendrick should be scoring. It doesn't matter what the goalkeeper does in that situation sometimes, I, I feel. In some situations, I feel I feel like the the the, the attacker, in this case, or a midfielder, whatever Jeff is at Newcastle, the player, um, they should be able to eliminate a goalkeeper being able to make that save. He should be putting that higher. He should see that Ennis is coming down. Someone's on the post on the right-hand side, so that kind of forces him to his left. Um, and then that's how he hits Ennis's legs and then goes out for a corner. But he should be eliminating any chance of a goalkeeper making a save there. But Ennis can only do what he's done there, and he did it very, very well. So hats off to Ennis um, for that one. This video is a little bit longer, so I might not watch it all. I probably will. 
actually just thinking about it, it's the highlights of the penalties as well, isn't it? But another Newcastle chance here. Oh, they hit the bar. I did not remember that. They hit the bar. Has Ennessy got a hand on that? I think he might have done, you know. I'm not gonna hang, I'm not gonna hang my hat out there and, and put my neck on the line, should I say, whatever the saying is, and say he definitely has. I think he might have done, you know, but another Newcastle attack here. So I'm saying Newcastle shaded it and another good save from NSA. Another good save from NSA. Tips it over the bar. It's looking destined for the top bins. But they were all over us in that first half. Tell you what, I, I do not like listening to it on the radio. I love Phil and he's a brilliant commentator. But you could have the best commentator ever in the world and I wouldn't like it. I need to see what's going on. It didn't sound to me at any point like they were all over us. But and obviously Phil's going to always put a Burnley spin on it, as you'd expect and as you'd want him to, rightly so. Um, and Phil would normally be saying something like, whoa, Burnley need to get get a grip here. Uh, but I didn't realise it, it, it... Well, he doesn't say get a grip, you know what I mean? But that sort of tone of voice. But I didn't realise it was that bad. They were all over us. First half, first half whistle's just gone. Well, that was a full-time whistle. There was no Burnley highlights. There wasn't one. Not one Burnley highlight. So that was a full-time whistle. Uh, so we have these highlights, by the way, Burnley Football Club. I'm watching the Burnley Football Club highlights here. It's one minute, 10 seconds of the match. And my maths is terrible. Three and a half minutes of penalties. You don't need that long for the penalties. Just show the moments where he's hitting it and then build up to the final one. But anyway, St. Maximin's taking his penalty now. Ennis saves it. We all know that happened. And a good save. That's all they can do. Again, fantastic save. And then there's a replay for every single penalty as well. Come on, Burnley. Don't need to be this long. Woody steps up, scores. And I don't know about everybody else, right? Obviously, those who went will be different. Sorry, I've just dropped my pen. Um, but I wasn't that fussed for 90 minutes. Every time Newcastle were attacking, and this is probably why I'm just saying, like, oh, it didn't sound that bad. It's probably because in my head I weren't arsed. But every time Newcastle were attacking, I weren't arsed. I was like, oh, if they score, they score. I'm, I'm not interested. And every time Burnley sort of like were... Obviously, we didn't really do much attacking, did we, according to them highlights? But every time Burnley were progressing forward, shall I say, I weren't arsed. I like this score, this score. It's the cup game. I'm not arsed. Leeds is more important. Um, but then when the penalties were on, I were, I were up, I was buzzing, I was tense, I was well excited. And then I was celebrating when we were scoring and when I went mental when uh, Maximum missed his. And that's when I realised that, oh, I need to get a bit of a laugh here. Uh, another, another replay for every single penalty. Not needed, not needed. Uh, this is just me with my video editor hat on. Um, but we'll skip all these. Newcastle score there. Next one, uh, Ashley Barnes then takes one for Burnley. He scores that one. A good penalty from Ashley. Good to see Ashley scoring his penalties and stuff and doing relatively well since he's been in the side. I would like to see more from all the strikers, to be fair. Uh, and then Newcastle scored there. Next one through Joel Linton. And then Dwight McNeil with a Burnley penalty. Another good penalty. Same place as Barnes. A top bins. Keeper goes the right way. Can't do anything about it. Newcastle's next penalty, number 35. No idea who that is. Don't really care. Hennessy goes the wrong way. And then it, and then it nearly went to shit, didn't it? Because Josh Brown took his penalty and missed it. Now, I like Josh. And for the Leeds game, or getting to the Leeds game in a minute, I would have Josh playing in that midfield because of how good Leeds are um, at sort of like how tenacious they are and how much they pressure and how much, how much energy they've got. I would have Josh in that midfield because of how good he is off the ball. But in on the ball, he's terrible. Uh, and that penalty is another example of that. Um, weren't a great penalty. Decent enough save, but no, it's it's a shocking penalty, Josh. That is a shocking penalty, and I like Josh. Um, and now Mirion steps up. You know, this big boy wonder from the MLS. Remember when they signed him? It was the next big thing. It was the big news everywhere. Absolute shy. I wouldn't have him in that burn. Well, no, I would. I'd have, I'd have more of your listeners in that Burnley side in the minute. He steps up. Another shy penalty. Absolutely abysmal. Decent enough save from Ennessy, but Ennessy could have not moved and thrown his cap on that. And then, he, <laughs> then he's fuming, kicks the ball, smashes it over the bar. You know he's tried to hit that in the net. You know he has. Shambles of a man. Bit harsh. Shambles of a footballer. Anyway, then Charlie Taylor steps up. This is a moment where I was very, very tense. And then I thought, pathetic afterwards. But he steps up, scores. The keeper's so close to that. I didn't realise that at the time. The keeper is so close. But Burnley progressed. We're into the next round of the Carabao Cup where we will play Rochdale. And if you follow us on Twitter, you will notice uh, that I put a tweet up this week saying Rochdale haters. Uh, and a few people asking why. Uh, and to be honest, I don't really know. I just think it's the, the close proximity of the two clubs. The closest league ground to Burnley Football Club throughout the 90s and most of the 2000s until Accrington Stanley got promoted, was Spotland of Rochdale. The two, Turf Moor 
and Spotland are closer than Turf Moor and Deewood Park. We are very, very close to Rochdale. The only problem is it's quite hard to get to because you've got to drive over the tops and via Bay Cutway. Um, so it's not as easy to get to as Blackman. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good game, that one. I probably will go on that one, I think. Um, it's going to be a night game. We've not been on a night game for a long time, have we, because of COVID and stuff. Uh, when was the last night game then? It had been sort of like November 2019. Uh, or did we have any... Uh, early in early in 2021, I'm not sure. Um, so it'd be good to see Turf Moor under the lights again. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go on that game, actually. Um, I don't know why, because I know what's going to happen. We're going to all get excited about a potential cup run because, you know, we're in the fourth round if we want it. Uh, and then you're one game away from the quarterfinals because uh, there's only, you know, there's less rounds in this cup. Um, and then they'll just end up throwing it away like we always do. And it's always against the lesser sides. I would rather go out against Newcastle in the second round then beat them and get beat against Rochdale. But that's what we did last year, didn't we? we I can't remember who beat us in the end. I've just completely blanked it out of my memory. Um, but we obviously we beat Sheffield United in the in the second round at the turf and then just got knocked out. Just stop it. Just stop doing it like that. I was at the season before, I can't remember. Um, but it's a chance here to have a cup run. And um, it's a shame that our squad is so thin because we should be able to mix now, mix the squad up and have a decent cup run. We should be able to get past Rochdale by putting the... The B side out, let's be honest, not, not disrespecting Rochdale at all. You know, they're a, a lower league side. We should be able to get past them. But we're going to have to put a mixture of first teamers in there. Ben Neal probably play again. Maybe Chris Wood. May, probably Dwight McNeil because he's the only creative player we've got unless we sign somebody else by them. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good game. Rochdale will probably fill that away and do not underestimate them and their fans. I think they will bring a lot, a lot of fans. I'll be disappointed if they don't fill it, to be honest. Um, you know, they... They say the eight so much and things like that. There's a lot of clarets uh, over in Rochdale. There's a, a couple of Rochdale fans that live over here as well. Like I said, two very, very close towns, so they should fill it. Um, but anyway, let's get on to the Leeds game. I'll just quickly give you my thoughts before I go into the um, uh, the pre-game show, which, again, I've said you can watch separately, but I'm also going to stick it in this vodcast as well, mainly for the podcast listeners. Um, but obviously, the vodcast and the podcast are the same, just on YouTube. Um, I am, I'm looking forward to it. Again, it's going to be a, a, a Yorkshire-Lancashire uh, derby. Um, Leeds will travel well. They travel well no matter where they go. And obviously, it's it's only an hour's drive away, so you know it's going to be a good atmosphere. Um, Leeds will or make it a good atmosphere. Um, we'll be up for it. Hopefully, they'll definitely be up for it. Um, I, I do worry slightly with Leeds, as I've already mentioned, because um, of how high they pressed you and how high the fitness levels are. Um, I do think if we are quite slow in this latter stages of the game that we've been so far this season, Leeds will get some joy against us. And that's exactly what they did last season, as I've already said. So as I've said, I, I would I would go with Leeds. I might even think about putting five in midfield with a view to it. Because formations are quite fluid these days. If you when you stick one of these like my 11s up and you put like four five one people kick off at you. Why are you going four five one at home against Leeds? It's more a case of four five one without the ball, four three three with the ball. Get Woody up top. Um, so you're going four five one. So when they've got the ball, if you break the player down, get the ball, smack it up to Woody or get it out wide to one of the wingers. Um, Woody can then bring it down. If you haven't already given it to one of the wingers, the two wingers, Dwight on the left and Gummerson on the right, unless we sign somebody between now and then, but let's all be honest, we probably won't. Uh, and then they can play off Woody. Then he can start playing them in, spin off. They can put the ball in 1-0, hopefully. Um I just feel that Leeds have very, very good midfielders. Calvin Phillips and Mateus Click, they are very, very good midfielders. We were interested in them both at one point. Obviously, they decided to stay at Leeds and they've got promoted into the Premier League. Um, and Calvin, especially, he's come on loads since then. So um, that's another one that you look at and you think, why didn't you just get it done, Burnley? Why didn't you just offer them more money, offer him more money and get it done? He would have had a brilliant asset on his hands now. But they are very good in midfield, is, is the point I'm trying to make anyway, Leeds. And I do feel like we might lose the game there. We lost the game there at Turf Moor last season. Um, they overran us in midfield and just pretty much outclassed us everywhere on the park, to be honest, that game. Um, but like I've mentioned that in the in the, in the the pre-game show, so um, that's coming up in a second. So you'll hear all that thoughts in a minute. Um, but I just think I, I worry with Leeds because they are so good in midfield. And I think with Westy and Cork in the middle, I think we are quite lightweight. Uh, and Brownell's not exactly not lightweight. Um, but like I said, he will press better than the other two he will um you know have high levels of energy better than the other two and he will he will break play down better than the other two you know he was the leading interception 
taker, apart from Jack Grealish, I think, in the Premier League last season for a reason. He knows how to break play down. Um, so that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd, I might even go 4-1-4-1, something like that, again, with it a view to being 4-3-3 when we're on the ball. Um, just to do what I've exactly said, get get the ball up to worry and get, bring the wingers in play that way or bring the wingers in play by getting out to them quickly and then hopefully bombing it forward by then. And if they're pressed high, they obviously can be susceptible at the back, as we saw against Manchester United. Obviously, Manchester United have a lot more quality than we do. Um, but they are chinks in the Leeds armour. They're not a very good defensive side, uh, mainly because of that press. So if you can beat the press, then you can get in behind them. But can Burnley beat that press? Uh, we did it to Everton last season and we did it to Palace last season. Um, but fingers crossed we can do it to Leeds this season. Anyway, as I've said, I was joined this week um, on uh, the, the pre-game show uh, with Arthur. I think his name's Arthur. If it's not Arthur, you'll hear exactly what his name is. Uh, Anthony. I think it might be Anthony. I'm going to quickly check, you know, because I don't want to look like an idiot in five seconds uh, when the show uh, starts. But, um, yeah, I was joined this week by somebody <laughs> from LS11, Aaron. I wasn't even close. Arthur, Aaron, Anthony, not even close. At least I'll begin with you. But I was joined by Aaron, who's a Leeds fan, and he's on the, the podcast and the YouTube channel LS11. Um, and, yeah, here's what he had to say. Right, and I'm pleased to say that just like that, we are joined from Aaron, um, who is from LS11. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good, thank you. So a bit of an indifferent start, I suppose, for Leeds this season. I mean, you know, I think I, I think it's fair to say our start has been much worse. Um, but, you know, obviously you played United and obviously you got thrashed there. So I, and I know it's United and obviously you, you, you're not the biggest fans of United, but at least you can, you know, look back at it and think, well, it's, it's Man United, at least it's not Brighton at home, you know, which is our example. And then Everton as well. They're, there, they're another side. They were hit and miss last season, but I think they'll do well this season. So one point from them two games isn't really all that bad. Um, how have you felt your start's been? Yeah, I think similar to you, really, what you've just said there. I think, you know, the start itself, you know, Manchester United away, you know, my heart said I wanted to take something, but my head says, no, you, you, you know, you're dreaming against these big boys, aren't you? Um, Everton at home, I think if we'd have still been playing for an extra 10 minutes, I think we'd have probably got the three points there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fair point. I think on, on reflection, it was a fair point. Um, and then roll on to you guys on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I guess you boys will be pinpointing that for your first three points then, really. Obviously, let's not talk too much about last season, but it's fair to say you outclassed us at Turf Moor. Um, I think my argument would be that we were already safe. Um, I know you were already, you know, well, you were safe probably by about bloody September, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I think I think looking back on that game for me, I think Bielsa's not going to let you step up. Is there? You, you, are, you have to be 110% for 95 minutes every single game of the season, safe, already won the league or, or whatever. Um, well, I think we all that the season was so like difficult, and the fact that we finally got over that, I think we clearly took us foot off the gas. But I'm not taking anything away. I think you were fantastic that day. I work in Leeds, and I was, I was actually on shift at, at the time. Thankfully, we still work from home. Else, I'd have got quite a bit of stick. But we use that. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. We use like Slack to to chat to everybody at work, and uh, yeah, yeah, there was some stick coming in on there. But um, yeah, I think I think you know you were class last season. But sort of like, how are you looking at this game then? Is it a, is it a chance for three points or or is it potential? Obviously, because it's it's going to be a tough game for you. Um, I think Burnley's always been described as this tough place to go. And maybe you know it's a bit of a a myth these days, uh, not as much as it used to be. But what sort of game are you expecting? I'm expecting a Leeds win. I'll be honest with you. I'll get straight into it. I think Leeds need to win this game. Um, a lot of Leeds fans will be expecting three points. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, I think you know Burnley. They're always well organised out the Burnley. You know, you know that old school four four two with Dyche in charge. You know, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. I think there'll be goals. Um, I've got a funny feeling Chris Wood. I don't know if it, is he injured. Chris Wood. He'll no. probably score. He'll probably score a brace against us because um, uh, I think he's, he's, he's up for it. Isn't he, Chris Wood um, and, and Charlie Taylor. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game, a really tough game for us. But I'm expecting three points from Leeds. Uh, but it will be tough. I remember back to the game at Ellen Road with with you guys last season, and I think that was one of the toughest games that we played against. You know, like a well oiled machine, Burnley, yeah. really well drilled, defensively strong as well, and they made it really hard for us to play football. I know the pitch didn't help that day, um, but it was a really difficult game. So I'm expecting a really physical and challenging game. Yeah, I think if you look back at last season's games, um, I won't go too much into the disallowed goal at Ellen Road. Um, but if, <laughs> if, 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 you, if we look at last season's games, I think it's fair to say if, if a game's going to be like any of them last season, it is going to be the one at Ellen Road. We are going to mm. 
try and stifle you. We're going to try and keep Bamford uh, quiet uh, again, but similar position. He'd love to score against us, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, again, um, but it's it's interesting because, like you say, it's good it's good to see that you know people do see us as like a well old machine and stuff still because I sometimes think that that might be not as evident as it should be, uh, especially mm. last season and this season. So maybe it's the reputation. I'm not sure, but. I want to touch on Chris Wood and Charlie Taylor actually then because you've mentioned them. Um, and if if Chris Wood scores a brace and you still win, I will be very very surprised. Um, <laughs> uh, but what are your? I, th- I think it's fair to say you you don't like Charlie Taylor, but uh, I think when you look at the way that he left, um, I can kind of understand it. Um, but Chris Wood as well, like he got a bit of stick when he left as well. But what are your thoughts on the two? And, and then if you can tell me like more of the the, the fans' general thoughts on the two. Uh, I think, you know, Chad said he was this up-and-coming youngster and, and it's a shame, really, that he moved on. But, you know, he wanted to go play Premier League football, didn't he, Charlie Taylor? And he was sold, you know, this package with Burnley. It's the same with Bailey Peacock-Farrell. I know that he's not with you guys. I think he's gone on loan, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone on loan to Sheffield Wednesday, hasn't he, um, this season? But again, you know, it was that lure of, you know, Leeds being a, cha- a mid-table championship side and, you know, come and play for Burnley in the Premier League. That's what it was about. And Chris Wood, you know... He, it was a shame, really, because he got going under Gary Monk, and um, you know he was he, he hit the fall. You know he was he's running away with it. He was scoring 20, 25 plus goals a season, Monty, and obviously the lure of the Premier League took him there. So I think Leeds fans, yeah, he'll probably get a little bit of stick. They'll both get a bit of stick on uh, Sunday for it, and I'm going, which I can't wait for, by the way. Um, so yeah, it's going to be um, it'll be an interesting to see how the fans react to him. It'll be interesting to see how Chris Wood and uh, Taylor react to him as well to the fans. Yeah. Well, those who, who listen and watch the podcast regularly know that my co-host Simon, he actually cuts their air. is a is an hairdresser, so he actually cuts Chris Woods and Charlie Taylor's air, uh, and, and he'll tell you, he'll tell you they've got nothing but nice things to say about Leeds. He says more so Charlie Taylor, which he's surprised about than Woody. He says Charlie just like always say like if he goes around to his house when Leeds are playing, he's watching it. You know, he's always like yeah. oh, fans, you know, yeah, he, he's got nothing but nice things to say about him. Uh, and the same with Woody as well. Like I've I've never personally met Charlie, but I've met Woody a few times, and he's he's just such a lovely guy. And again, he's got nothing but nice things to say about pretty much any of his former clubs, really. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because obviously you mentioned Monk uh, and Chris Wood did get going that season, didn't it? But then Monk left at the end and it was all a little bit bit up in the air. And then, to be fair, um, Paul Eckingbottom or Sean Dyche, you've got to pick Sean Dyche, aren't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, obviously, in the end, you boys managed to get up. But um, talk to me about your season then because uh, there's been a lot of pundits, not so far, I mean, sort of like the things what you're expecting and stuff and the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, there's been a lot of pundits sort of like saying, not necessarily second season syndrome in the fact that you're going to do a Huddersfield or a Sheffield United and go down, but probably second season syndrome in the fact that you're probably not going to be doing as well this season. What are your thoughts? Well, for me, I think, you know, the majority of Leeds fans at the start of the season, yeah, I think we're going to get top six. But for me, and I've always said this, the Premier League is is, is the biggest league in the world and it's the one which has the, the biggest revenue. So the main thing for, for me as a Leeds fan is get to 40 points, a little bit similar yeah. to you guys, and then look up from there. So for me, Premier League safety is, is especially in the, in this kind of the midterm of being in the Premier League, is get to 40, get safe, and then you can build from there. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for another mid-table finish this season at Leeds. And I, and I think they will get there. I don't think the second season syndrome will affect Leeds um, this year. I think, we, you know, these lads have played under Bielsa for now for three, four years now. And, you know, they know the demands, what he expects. And they know the rules within the team as well. So I, I can't see Leeds struggling with the second season syndrome. Um, you know, mid-table... You know, anywhere from 17th to 8th, I'm happy with. What about yeah, yourselves? Yeah. yeah, well, similar, really. Um, I think you can probably look a little bit higher than us, but it's it's refreshing to hear you say, like, you want to get to 40 points first because, you know, you, you speak to a lot of Leeds fans and, like you say, they do say top six or, you know, maybe yeah. even push for Champions League and it's just not achievable, let's be honest. No, uh, maybe in not. 10 years with continued investment. But even look at Villa, they're probably spending nearly double what you are. I don't have the rev- uh, the mm. stats in front of me, but even they're not going to, in my opinion, crash into the top six. It's definitely not the top four. No. Um, so it's refreshing to see that. But yeah, we're similar. Get to 40 points. Um, well, might take us a little bit longer to get there. We might not even get there. Mm. Um, get to 40 points and then look up from there. I think we always look back at, obviously, the U- Europa League season on this podcast when we finished seventh. Mm. And the, the main thing about that was we won the first game of the season and then we just kicked on from there. Whereas this season and pretty much every season since, we've got off to such a poor start that we're then just playing catch up. 
and mm. it's looking like it's going to be this again. You know, there's going to be if we get beat two 0 at the weekend, there's nobody's going to look at that and think, oh, that's a weird result. That like, it, it could yeah. happen, and then after that, you know, we've got some more tough games coming up. And so it could be like last season we didn't win his first game until October, and it could be something similar again here. So uh, fingers crossed we can get out of that. We really needed to beat Barton on the opening day, but I felt silly saying that we hadn't even played a game, and I was saying this game is big. We need a win. Yeah. We hadn't even kicked the ball, but now we're in this position, and I'm kind of being like you know proven right about it. But yeah. I kind of felt like we leads last season, obviously for all the quality that you had, um, and for all the sort of like um, tenaciousness that you had, like always pressing and things like that. I always felt like the players felt like they had something to prove as well at the same time, like we do deserve to be in this league. Not not right. as, as your club, but as individuals and players, you know, the likes of Ayling and Bamford who got a lot of stick, you know, mm. a, a few years previous. Do you think that that hunger will still be there this season? The, the hunger of, of, of to prove? I, I know that you'll probably go down the Bielsa and say Bielsa won't really let it slip, but it's a mental thing, isn't it, when you're back in the league and you're getting stick like Bamford did to, to then want to go on and, and prove yourself. Do you think that hunger will still be there? Yeah, definitely. And I think, as I say, you know, you've just kind of touched on it there. I think the Bielsa won't let that drop. But I think, you know, from, from Liam Cooper as well, um, you got a lot of stick from the fans at the weekend. You know, that, that drive and that determination from the players is there. You know, they've cut, you know they've achieved so much in such a short space of time. They want to keep going and keep kicking on really onto the next level. And, you know, yeah, I think the determination, the drive is still there. And I think, obviously, with fans being back, it makes such a difference. Like the atmosphere at Allen Road on Saturday was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think you know, the, the new players in the squad, you know, the likes of Rafinha, Rodrigo, you know, etc. Those players will really feed off that and, and really kind of kick on as the Premier League season keeps going. Yeah. So, what did you make of the uh, the atmosphere at Ellen Road on, on Saturday? Then you touched on it briefly there, but yeah, oh, it's, 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 honestly, it's, got a, it's, it's oh. like Anfield's got a reputation, but in yeah. my opinion, Anfield's a myth. Ellen Road, you know, it's it's at its moments where you know it, it cannot be a nice place to go for, for either sets of fans. I remember, um, obviously, it's different when you when you're not doing well. Mm. But I remember in the years when you weren't when you're struggling in the Championship and struggling in the Premier League, it'd be it could work in an away team's favour because obviously the fans can turn very quickly. Yeah. But I think in recent years, um, now you're doing well again and you're all like, appreciative of the effort that the lads give and, and that Bielsa makes people give. It's it's a very good place to go for a home fan, I think. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, it, honestly, it was brilliant. The, the atmosphere. And I think I think the fitness levels as well, just to touch on that with Everton, they, you know, Leeds really didn't get going until about the 60th minute against Everton. And I think if Leeds have had an extra 10 minutes at the weekend, I think we'd have probably won the game. Uh, so that's just kind of touching on the fitness levels. But in terms of Ellen Road itself, um, it was, the, the atmosphere was phenomenal. It, it was honestly, it was off the scale. Um, and, you know, I think... Leads the, the players themselves and Bielsa, you know, they'll really feed off that. And I think it really intimidated Everton towards the back end of the game as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a really special place to be. And, uh, you know, it's decent. I want to go back to what you just said there. You said they didn't get going until the 60th minute. We've been the opposite this season. Mm. Um, we're quite known for our fitness levels as well. Like, there's a, um, a running joke amongst Burnley fans that like, you might be fit, but you're not dash fit. And it's probably a similar sort of thing to Bielsa. You know, you might be yeah. fit, but you know, you're not going to run for 95 minutes through brick walls, for example. It's the same with Sean Dyche. Mm. Uh, how were your fitness levels looking then this season? Are they looking decent? Because we've been going, like, re- playing really well for the first half or the first 60 minutes and then dropping off a little bit. And that, I'll be honest, does worry me against Leeds. If we drop off in the 60th minute and it's nil-nil or or one-nil to us, uh, or, you know, one-one, for example, you could capitalise on that point. So what have your fitness levels been like this season then? Uh, It's an interesting one because obviously this season, you know, the the likes of Calvin Phillips, they've only been in for pre-season for about two weeks. So the fitness levels aren't there yet. Um, You know, with Phillips in particular, he didn't play against Manchester United because Bielsa didn't think he was fit enough. Um, And, and, you know, so I do think the fitness levels aren't there yet. And I know after this game, I think we've got an international break as well, haven't we? Yeah, it's pretty soon. Uh, after this I don't game, know if it's after so. this. Is it after this one? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's after that. Yeah, after this game, and then you think, you know, you just want to keep that going, don't you? You just started, so yeah. Um, I don't think his fitness levels are there just yet. Um, so yeah, I think that it's a work in progress with that. And I think with Euros and and obviously with the sh- with the longer short season last season, obviously COVID as well. You know, it's had such a you know a lot of factors in in place, isn't it? Really for fitness levels and things. Yeah, talk to me about Patrick Bamford then, because I, I know, as I've mentioned earlier, he did get a lot of stick. Um, and even though he scored a lot of goals last season, I kind of feel if you had somebody there like Chris Wood, a natural finisher, you'd have done even better. I, I like 
obviously Burnley, Burnley fans gave um, Bamford quite a lot of stick for, for the comments he made when he left. It's not necessarily yeah. because he left us, it's just the comments that he made when he left. Yeah. Uh, and then he went back to Middlesbrough and honestly, it, 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 it was so funny. He said a quote about how he got so upset he used to finish training and go and cry in his car. And he once came on as a substitute against Middlesbrough and honestly, that 4,000 Burnley fans is going, Patrick Bamford, he cries in his car. It, honestly, one of the funniest <laughs> moments on a football pitch. But right. talk about him then because he's a bit of an anomaly. Easy for me to say, a bit of an anomaly, because he, he gets the goals, but I still feel he could be better. And if Leeds had a natural goal scorer, I do think Leeds would be better. Yeah, I think the, the, what I like about Patrick Bamford is is the way he works off the ball. Honestly, I watched him quite a lot on Saturday, and honestly, this guy he didn't stop running. Honestly, this guy he should he, if he went to the Paris Olympics in 2024, he would podium and get a medal because he didn't stop running. Um, same with Phillips as well, just literally all over the park. Um, so yeah, I, I like his work off the ball, you know, he'll defend when he needs to and he'll intercept play. Uh, the assist which he got at the weekend as well, he could have easily taken that himself, but he, he picked, popped it off to click um, for, for the equaliser. And you know, that's what Bamford is, he'll, he's a true workhorse. Yeah, his finishing isn't great. I mean, yeah, you're expecting, what, 20, 20 plus goals a season, but you know, Leeds fans have got to remember, we got two goals struck off last year from, from VAR, uh, so he could have been on nine, I think he was 19, he could have, I think he got 17 last year. Um, he could have, had, he should have had 19 if they'd have been this yeah. year, he'd have got him. So, yeah, I think he's a workhorse, and I like him. I think he's, uh, he's, a, he's a really good, decent player. He signed a five-year contract with Leeds um, recently, so he's clearly within the minds, not just within uh, Bielsa, but within the club hierarchy, higher up the hierarchy as well. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. As soon as you said how, how much you ran, I remembered seeing some stats on Monday Night Football. Obviously, at the time of recording this, we're doing this on Tuesday, last night. And Patrick Bamford ran the most of anybody in the Premier League yeah, this, yeah. this weekend. So, it, But I've noticed that. His work off the ball under Bielsa uh, has come on loads. And I think that's probably why he's in your side, I think. Yeah, and he looks fitter as well. Obviously, he didn't go to the Euros. Um, I think he's obviously he's been working on his fitness over the summer. He's kept in shape. So, yeah, I think, you know, for me, Bamford, I think he's a decent striker. And the, the work off the ball, as I said, is just brilliant. It's phenomenal what he can do. And uh, hopefully, he'll, he'll beat the tally of uh, 17 goals. And, and hopefully, he'll get off the mark. He was unlucky not to score. Um, at the weekend, to be fair. I'm hoping that he'll get off the mark against you guys um, at Turf Moor. Fingers crossed they don't. I, I, what, what, one of the things that I always um, worries me about playing Leeds is that Patrick Bamford is better than this. Obviously, we, I've I interviewed him before because I used to do some work for a radio state with Darren. Obviously, mm. Darren's other, another part of LS11. Uh, and I've interviewed and he comes across as a really nice guy. Um, so it's mm. not something I ever imagined that he'd do. He's not an Adibayo, but I always imagined after like the way that he left Burnley and how mm. he didn't go on with Dash. I thought, if he ever scores a screamer, he could easily just run up to Dash and knee slide in front of him, and then it'd be all over. Leeds fans would be loving it, and I'd never get away yeah. from it. So it always worries me. Uh, but obviously, he scored the penalty against Ellen Road last season and just did a kind of like a muted celebration. But it might be different if he scores one from open play. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about your transfer business then, because, you know, you've made a few signings, um, a few more than us. Uh, we Obviously, we've only brought in the two. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jack Harrison as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on your um, transfer business? Because I was looking at it here and I, I honestly thought it'd be longer than that. I honestly mm. thought the list would be longer than that. So you've got um, Harrison, uh, 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 Clarson, is that how you're pronouncing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Boggles, Boggles, uh, again. Oh, that's end of a lawn. That no. So you've only been brought in three <laughs> players then, because there's a Blackman player here. I'm not even going to mention him. But you've already, you've, you've only brought in three players then, and you kind of think Leeds make a lot of signings. You know, through Radrazani, they've got quite a decent chairman, and but mm. evidently not. Are you boys happy with the transfer business? It's, it's only um, a few, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of for me, I'm quite happy. A lot of Leeds fans will probably disagree and go, oh, you know, we need to be signing more. Um, I think we will do a little bit more business. Um, obviously, um, Pervade has gone out down, down the road to you guys. He's gone out on loan this season, which I think he needed. We've signed a couple of under-23 players for us. I'm Lewis Bate from Chelsea um, for a couple of million quid. So what the thing is with Leeds and their transfer policy is brilliant. And I think it, it makes sense to me is that the, the looking for talent 
developing them and then giving them a pathway into the first team. So yeah. a lot of the a lot of the business at Leeds this year has, has been focusing on the under twenty threes, and I think tonight against Crew we'll probably see a couple of these under twenty threes play um, because obviously when you look at the midfield where you've got Click and Dallas, you know they're thirty plus these guys, you know they're not going to play forever. So there's a natural progression for the likes of Lewis Bate um, who can maybe kind of slip into that first team radar. Um, but on the whole, we've needed a left back and we've got one. Um, Firpo from Barcelona. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more. He'll need to get up to the Bielsa way. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more work to do. Um, but in terms of transfers, you know, it's a bit like you guys. You can't spend 100 million here, there and everywhere. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. And, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we don't have an endless checkbook. You know, you know, the likes of Man City signing Grealish. You know, Villa are probably running all the way to the bank with that. Um, because, you know, it's, you know, it's just a steal, you know, for, you know, for, for Villa that. But, yeah, I think a lot of Leeds fans on the whole are disappointed with the transfer market. But for me, I'm not too fussed because this same bunch of players finished ninth last yeah, year. Yeah, that, that was the point I was going to make. You know, you did very well last year. You don't want to completely overhaul the squad that's done well last year. And even when you got promoted, you didn't completely overhaul the squad. So I don't see why you'd do it now. Mm. Um, I, th- I think for us, yeah, I think we, we could definitely do with some more. There's still a lot of rumours. You know, it's when's it shut? Is it Thursday? Or is it yeah. Tuesday or something? I'm not sure exactly yeah. when it shuts. Um, but you know we need to get some more over the line. Definitely, we haven't. You know what? We mentioned Chris Ward. We haven't actually signed the first team player to slot straight into the starting eleven since we bought Chris Ward from you boys. Really? So, wow. Yeah. Like, obviously, we bought the likes of Brownell, but he's been brought in as backup. Now he's mm. now he's getting in the first team. Yeah. Um, and then we've we've bought the likes of um, Collins this season again as backup for Tarky and Ben Mee. Tarky's probably going to leave at the end of the season, so I think they'll have one eye on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's focus back on the match then because you mentioned you're expecting a, a Leeds win. You mentioned that you're going. Um, I presume you're going to go on the bus, the train. How are you getting there, first of all? Uh, I'm going to drive this time. You're going time. to drive? Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to drive over. Um, and, and I'm looking, I'll tell you what, I am looking forward to a nice pie. I've been to Burnley away a few times to do cracking pies down at Turf Moor. Yeah. Holland's <laughs> they are. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go for a pre-match pint as well, but your best bet is probably the cricket club. Uh, away right. fans are always welcome there. And literally every club takes over the cricket club because it's, pretty, it's next to the ground. Okay. And everybody just goes there, so... Um, if that's where you want to... I don't know where you'd park, though. You probably have to pay for parking. I've never driven to the turf, so I, I, would, I wouldn't oh, know. Right, okay. um, so so that'd be interesting. That's why I thought you'd have got the train, uh, train and walk down, maybe. But um, yeah. but you've mentioned you're expecting a tough game, but you have mentioned you're expecting a Leeds win. How are you expecting the game to sort of pan out, then? Uh, I, think the, I think Leeds will really come out and get going straight away, so there's going to be a lot of high press from Leeds. Um, I'm expecting it to... You know, it's going to be quite scrappy in the midfield area. I think Phillips as well, you know, be really stuck into this. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's a Yorkshire-Lancashire derby, this, isn't it? So it's going to be scrappy. Um, and I can see Leeds scoring quite a few goals. I'm expecting Leeds to score a few. Um, so I'm expecting it to be a lot of goals. From Leeds. I'll, honestly, yeah. Uh, if, if there's a lot of goals, um, we haven't really, you know, scored many yet this season. Um, this is an understatement. But... Um, yeah, you mentioned the midfield. That's 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 where I worry against Leeds. I think our midfield can be quite lightweight. Um, I wouldn't be overly surprised if I saw Dash put three in the midfield, but then he's obviously mm. going to have to sacrifice somebody somewhere else, which would probably be uh, someone up front with Chris Wood. And then if Chris Wood's on his own up front, um, you need your wingers to be mm. to be on point and running and making the runs behind him. Um, yeah. And I'm not really sure we've got two wingers to be able to do that at the minute. Dwight McNeely was brilliant against Liverpool, to be fair, but he was quite poor against Brighton. Uh, but he was poor defensively against Brighton, so it's interesting. I'm expecting it to be tight. I'm expecting... Uh, I don't think it's going to be too many goals. I think we'll score a goal from a set piece, maybe in the first half. Uh, and then I think maybe when um, it in the second half comes in and our fitness levels you know, get a bit... When we start blowing out of our arse, basically, like we did against Liverpool and Brighton in the second <laughs> half, I think you might capitalise on that. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. What's your prediction, mate? For me, I think I'll probably I think you will score from a set piece, um, and, and it'll be Chris Wood, and it'll be Charlie Taylor to assist him. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I, I'm going to go I'm going to go heavy on this, and I'm going to go Leeds four, Burnley one. Interesting, interesting. Uh, well, fingers crossed you're wrong. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, I'd take a but like I said, the, the midfield does worry me. Uh, I would take a point at home against Leeds, um, which I think just goes to show sort of like how how poor we've been recently. And again, that's not a, a, a a reflection on Leeds, but um, I just think it just shows how you, teams like you are coming up and, and progressing and, you know, spending money and, and looking up the table. And it's kind of just when Villa come up as well, do the same thing. It's just knocking us down a little bit. And it's 
you know, I think we really need to start um, investing, basically. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it then, unless there's anything else you want to add. What I will say is thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Um, and good luck for the rest of the season, just not this weekend and at Ellen Road again. <laughs> and, and fingers crossed we can get some revenge because, like I said, you battered us at the turf last season. It wasn't a game I was overly bothered about, um, but I was getting quite frustrated watching it, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, but the game at Ellen Road on Boxing Day, that read a disgrace that referee ruined that game for me um yeah, there was nothing agree. wrong with that that goal there was nothing wrong with that goal i didn't have too many issues with your penalty um to be nah. honest um I, I would argue that Popey won the ball but it was probably excessive force um so i don't really have any issues with that um but the goal that we scored scandalous absolutely scandalous <laughs> the thing is though you just enjoy it and you know you know fans being back as well it could be totally different i think that will help yeah. Burnley as well you know you've got a passionate fan base as well haven't you down there yeah, well, obviously, we all know Lee's traveling the numbers, and all know they probably are going to be quite loud as well. Um, Absolutely. but enjoy your pint at the cricket club, enjoy your pie at the turf, uh, and thanks for coming on. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Yes, thanks everybody for watching. Hopefully, we get three points on Sunday, uh, and hopefully, we see you again soon. I'm still like in the process of maybe doing a, a sort of like a, a review show every single week where we sit down and chat about the game. Um, I'm still in the process of uh, expanding the team, uh, so I'm not in positions where I'm on my own. I know I've said that on three or four podcasts now, and I just want to give a shout out to the people that have got in touch and said, yeah, I'll be happy to help out. Uh, I have not forgotten. I am just going to sort of like get on with it, I think, probably um, during the international break. And I'm going to put a tweet out as well to see if anybody fancies it um, on Twitter that maybe doesn't listen to the pod and watches the YouTube videos, but doesn't watch the podcast, for example. Uh, but yeah, thank you for watching. Um, I obviously won't be doing a watch along for the Leeds game because I will be on the game. Um, fingers crossed I can do a review show. Um, I'll be asking about this week, um, which will probably be done um, that night after the Leeds game or maybe Monday night, something like that. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to set it in stone this time in case people can't do it at that time and then I can just change it, basically. Um, but we'll obviously, we'll put something out on social media uh, as and when we know. Uh, so as soon as we know, you'll know. Uh, fingers crossed. I'll just quickly check my phone again, see if there's been any transfer announcements. No, honestly, I should just delete Twitter. What is the point? What is the point? But fingers crossed we can get something done before Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it shuts. We need to get a groove on, don't we? We need to get a groove on. Anyway, thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.